Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. As Belichick said, we can't really change anything. We have five games left. We're supposed to believe that they can right the ship in the final five games of the season. And, and when this is what they've been and clutch got to have its situations all year long, forget about it. There's no hope, right? We had a glimmer of hope. We were hanging on to it after the Vikings game, but there's no hope now, right? The Patriots are very much still mathematically alive in the AFC playoff picture, but if we're living in reality, is it actually time to start looking ahead to 2023? And how can this team get back to relevance? Is it changes to the coaching staff? Is it changes to the quarterback? Thoughts on that coming here throughout the program. But first and foremost, it's the Patriots Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my friend Jordy McElroy. Jordy is the managing editor of USA Today's Pats Wire. Jordy, how you doing this week? Not doing too great, man. <laughs> Not after that Patriots <laughs> Bills Bills went down last Thursday. But you know what? Had a little lift me up watching Tom Brady do Tom Brady things against the New Orleans Saints last night. So 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 that was good. But from the Patriots end of things, not very good, man. How are you doing on this funeral Tuesday? That's it. That's it. It's it's the funeral. It's the Pat's funeral. It's the death of hope. We'll get to that. We'll get to Pat's bills a little bit later in the program. Yeah, and I agree hundred percent. Like it does feel like twenty twenty vibes watching Brady. I'm like, oh at least this will this this perks me up on a on a you know on the Monday night. Brady Brady coming back in the final minutes after the Bucks looked terrible all game. They come back, they beat the Saints and it's like, yeah, that that was pretty that was pretty fun watching Brady come back. And it's just like, man, I, I wish the Patriots could make me feel like that, the way Tom makes me feel. Uh, but, you know, speaking of feelings, uh, Jordy, here's where I want to start. Again, we'll get to Bill's pats and some takes on that here coming up. But, okay, so we were talking after we recorded last week, right? A, a little bit of a, a chat off the air. And I, I let you know, I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks for the, for the Pats Vegas game, right? So me and my dad, my brother, we've been waiting for this game since the Raiders moved from Oakland to Vegas, right? And I'm sure a lot of Patriots fans have too. Right? We're not the only Pats fans going. Uh, I'm sure this is a, a, you know, a, probably a cliche trip, but I don't care. We want to go. We want to see the new stadium sure. in Vegas. And, you know, the fact that Josh McDaniels is on the other side kind of makes it more fun, right? Week 15, you figured, and I'm sure other Pats fans making these plans too back in the summer, you figure week 15, hmm, that'll be a meaningful game for both teams. Warm weather in Vegas, warm enough, right? Then uh, much better than we get here in New England. And, you know, yeah. the Sunday night spot in Vegas, come on, Jordy. Is there a better time slot? 5.30 local time <laughs> over there, 5.30. So you can party all day. You wake up, there's already games on. Then you can party at the sports book, the bars, you hit the game. You're out of there at, before 9 p.m. local time. So then you just have the rest of your night to yourself after the game. How fun is that? It's perfect. It's just a perfect little trip, right? So we've we've all been excited for this. I, you know where I'm going with this, don't you, Jordy? Oh, yeah. Literally yeah, on yeah. Monday morning, the first thing I saw when I opened up my laptop to start prepping for this show, Pat's Raiders <laughs> getting flexed. I was like, oh, I don't know. Why. I don't know why I was so upset, but I was. I was so immediately upset. Like, I don't know why that 530 local time spot in Vegas, again, just perfection. And so now the move to 105 local time, it changes my whole day. Jordy changes my plans for that day. Or what I had cooked up in my head, which is probably fine. I'll survive, right? 
What I don't think I can get over, though, is that it got flexed out for Giants Commanders. <laughs> that's that's the part that I just can't. <laughs> like, I get Pats, Raiders, they're both down. The Pats have had a string of primetime games here, right? They've been playing on night games forever. Two Thursday nights in a row. Now we have a Monday night coming up against Arizona. I get it. I get it. But what in the universe? Like, Giants-Washington, they just freaking tied this past week. How is that a more interesting, like, national draw than Belichick... <laughs> McDaniels, Pats, Raiders, primetime, NFL's newest market in Vegas. Like, wow. Like, that's that's what I can't get over. Jordy, as much as I'm upset that my plans are changing for this trip in Vegas, it's like things have changed. Things have changed, right? The Patriots in week 15 are getting flexed out of Sunday night football for Giants commanders. Holy crap, times have I mean, changed. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe this is the universe's way of like of of of, of making making you go to a game at a certain time, like like maybe maybe you're gonna win the slot machines or something like there that. Like go. maybe there's this a is reason. the universe. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This reason. is like fate or something. So hopefully, hopefully that hopefully that happens for you. But as far as the game's concerned, man, I mean, did we just step out of a portal and into the twilight zone or something? I mean, <laughs> the Washington Commanders and New York Giants. Really? I mean, this is we're talking like you just said. We're talking Belichick versus McDaniel's. You know, student versus pupil. At the beginning of the season, this was, you know, circled as one of the biggest games of the year for the Patriots. Now it's being replaced for Taylor Heineke versus Daniel Jones. Like, unbelievable. I mean, it's, I, I could I could have predicted this. This is – it's just a sad state of things right now for the New England Patriots and obviously the sad state of things for the Vegas – for the Las Vegas Raiders as, as well. Sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I know. My plans are – again, my plans are changing, and I don't like that. Jordy, I, I like to have a plan, but no, I, and I'm bitter about that, right? Like I, I'm bitter about the game getting flexed. That's just a caveat because I'm going to go overboard here. Uh, but this feels like one of the lowest points of, of being a Patriots fan for me, like in my life, like we've had some bad years, really tough losses. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember seeing the Patriots lose in four Super Bowls. So we've had some rough times, some bad seasons, some tough losses, 2007. Holy crap. That was tough. Oh, I, wow. but, I, but this is different, right? This is this is like I've never I never in the, my lifetime and, and maybe it was the case like early, early, late 80s, maybe early 90s, maybe before Parcells came and Bledsoe and things got better. Like, but I can't really remember in my lifetime the Patriots not mattering, right? Like yeah. I, the Patriots have always mattered, right, Jordy? And we've always been able to talk crap to other fans and people, you know, they hate us because they ain't us and that whole thing. That's That's been my childhood growing up with Brady and the Patriots and Belichick, and it's spoiled, right? Spoiled rotten. I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, but that's what Washington Giants tells me. It's, the Pats don't matter. Just not enough, not a good enough draw, not enough interest. Like, now, if they flex, like, Bengals Bucks into that Sunday night football or, some, you know, something else, okay, that would make more sense. But that game's probably protected by CBS or something. There's rules with the broadcast rights, right? They can't just pick any game they want. There's... I'm sure the options are limited to, you know, a few games, but they just wanted the Pats Raiders out so bad that they give us Giants Commanders Part 2, a game that just sounds ugly, right, Jordy, before they even snap the ball. You just know that game's going to be ugly, ugly. Uh, so I just can't believe this is where the Pats are. Six and six, mostly an unwatchable product right now uh, against the Bills, that offense. Wow, woof. So they're just like vanilla ice cream, right? They're just like an afterthought. It's crazy. Go ahead. And and still on the bubble of making the playoffs, which I don't <laughs> know. It. it speaks not highly of, it. of the AFC, yeah, <laughs> but I, that's I where we're at. I think we might be out of it. We'll get to that here. 
How do we get that respect back, Jordy? That's my question. That, that was a long preamble to get to this question. How did Robert Kraft and the Patriots get respectable again? How did they become a product again <laughs> that the NFL wants to like showcase? Uh, is it do they have to like address the coaching staff immediately in, in 2023? I'm not talking fire Belichick, but address the obvious <laughs> situation with no defensive coordinator, no offensive coordinator. Do they have to look into that? Do they have to look at quarterback? Uh, like, how do they get respectable again in short order, Jordy? Because this is this is rough and you know, kind of swimming around in mediocrity is like not a fun place to be. Well, I mean, the obvious issue right here, you know, and and I get it. Obviously, everybody loves to to point the finger and blame Matt Patricia because you know he's he's, he's kind of the easy blame guy right now. He's definitely the offensive play calling has been god awful, and they're not moving the ball. It's just it looks embarrassing. I'd mentioned to you, you know, kind of off off air that. You know, the, the Patriots, they look like they didn't even belong in that Buffalo Bills game offensively. And that's that's really sad. Like, that's a new low that I hadn't seen from them before. They just – they look like they couldn't do anything. And, um, and yeah, it was, just, it was just sad to see. But the biggest problem right now with the Patriots, it's Bill Belichick. You know, he has to be willing to change and evolve. But when you look at him, he's 70 years old with six Super Bowl rings as a head coach. I mean, would he really even be willing to change at this point? I don't know. You heard Mac Jones. You know Mac Jones after the game talked about needing to be needing to be coached harder. And then you have then you have you know Kendrick Bourne coming out. You know, kind of kind of criticizing the third the, the third down play calling a little bit, talking about you know the they they, they need to scheme better. So you know these are all kind of direct shots or indirect shots at the coaching staff. And then you know Belichick he on the Greg Hill show on Monday he's just kind of. You know, just kind of brushing those comments aside. Oh, you know, well, we scheme every week. You know, well, we coach everybody hard. It's just kind of like that, that old mentality and that mindset. You know, you're wondering, is, is that where we are now? And if that's where we, if that's where we are, then I mean, I don't see this team ever getting any better. And I hate to say it, and it, it is terrible to talk about, but it, but it's facts. You know, this, this is reality now. You know, it's just you know, Belichick talked about. Uh, making changes right now would be hard. You know, that's something else he talked about. And he's right. I completely agree with him. You know, you're not going to make changes right now, obviously. It's too late. Superman isn't coming to save you. Odell Beckham couldn't save the Patriots right now, even though their their receiving core is god-awful. You know, Baker Mayfield for damn sure can't save the Patriots. <laughs> no, please not. I mean, it... I mean, there were there were several on social media suggest, suggesting that move, but I'll tell you right now, I'd rather live inside the nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger himself <laughs> than see the Patriots take a flyer on freaking Baker Mayfield at this point. No, thank you. But, you know, yeah, Belichick, he's clearly here to blame. And, you know, despite everybody wanting to point the finger at Patricia, you know, if anything, in my opinion, Patricia should be commended for stepping up and giving the team some semblance of normalcy because there are, we don't have an offensive coordinator right now. You know, this is a defensive guy who stepped up into this role. And it isn't like Josh McDaniels handed the Patriots his two weeks notice and said, deuces. You know, Belichick had an entire offseason to get this right. And this is what we get? Like, ridiculous. And obviously, if Belichick is willing to change – and he's willing to address the coaching staff the right way. Go get an offensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, Bill O'Brien, he makes a ton of sense. Belichick loves to hire guys to come up from under, you know, the guys that have, that have coached under him before. So Bill O'Brien makes a ton of sense. You know, you got Nick Haley there, too, who I like a lot. It's just there, there are options here. You know, they, they need a legitimate offensive coordinator to come in and fix this team. And then you can start addressing things like, like you mentioned, 
offensive coordinator. I mean, sorry, offensive line. You know, they need some help there. Obviously, you you got to get receiver right. I know you just drafted Tyquan Thornton, and we're hoping he turns into something. But you know, I'll be honest with you, I have my doubts. I'm not trying to knock him right now because the, the offensive play call has been so bad that maybe that's the problem for him. And obviously, he's 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 been injured and out and stuff, and he came back late. But you know, at this point. I'm not sure about him. Like, I would still like to see them go get a playmaker, if possible, in the draft or or or, or in free agency or something. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Right now, it's all about Belichick has to change. If Belichick is willing to change, I mean, then you have a shot. It just it might be one of these situations, man, where it just it is what it is. It's a great point with Belichick. Like, he's kind of set in his ways. We all know that, and like. Kraft's not going to make a change, right? They seem married to each other, right? I mean, I don't think Robert Kraft mm-hmm. is going to uh, blow Belichick out of town. Uh, maybe he could talk to him and say, Bill, can we can we get coordinators? Can we stop this nonsense? It's not working. Look at the last couple of years, yeah. maybe. But it's so true. Mac Jones, coach me harder. Kendrick Bourne, scheme it better. <laughs> like It's like you just, just got to <laughs> listen to what the guys are telling us. Uh, yeah. They totally are telling us. So, yeah, the coaching is obviously... Uh, a huge, huge thing, and it's this weird, like, standoff with Belichick and him wanting to stay set in his own ways and not wanting to evolve. I think all that is just great, great stuff from you, Jordy. Great points. Another thing I have to think about too is, uh, and maybe this is just like a hot takey topic, but let's workshop it a little bit. We mentioned Brady, quarterback, quarterback, right? Now I keep seeing everywhere I look, and it was on like in the Talking Head talk shows on like ESPN this morning as we're talking here right, right now, Jordy. Will Brady come back to the Patriots? I keep seeing this everywhere. It's like this big topic right now. There's some like, I think there was like an NFL exec or something, right, Jordy, who came out and said, hey, I, I wouldn't rule it out. So now everyone's talking about <laughs> it because Brady is in the final year of his contract with the Bucks. Bucks have been a complete disaster this season. You would think Brady would either retire and start his career as a broadcaster for Fox Sports or or maybe, maybe see what else is out there. But maybe, I, I don't know if he's going back to Tampa Bay is what I'm trying to say. It's just not, doesn't seem to be working over there. Uh, now, the, the Dolphins connection seemed like a real thing, but maybe not so strong now with Giselle uh, and, and Tom divorced. I think Giselle was a big a big reason they wanted to go play in Miami, Jordy, because that's an easy flight to Costa Rica, that thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading the tabloids too much, but maybe the Dolphins thing isn't quite there with Tua and all that. The 49ers, I would not rule out for Tom if they wanted to uh, humor him with that because uh, the 49ers, like... I don't know if they're going to fizzle out now that Jimmy G got hurt, but man, I, I think they're one of the best, the best teams in the NFL. They're down to their third string quarterback. We'll see yeah. next year. Trey Lance coming off another season ending, ending injury. So could Brady make sense in San Fran? Maybe, maybe for a year or two, but there's the Patriots, right? There's also the Patriots. And is this crazy talk a potential Brady return Would Bella speaking of Belichick, Jordy, would he, would he wave the white flag and say, Tommy, come back. Tommy, let's let's run it back. Let's do one one more shot together. Let's go. I don't I don't think Belichick's that guy. And also, we have Mac Jones, and I don't think Mac Jones is going to say, you know, kind of like the Cam Newton thing, like, oh yeah, come on over, Tom. Like, hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, no, I'll sit I'll sit for a year or two. You let me know when you're ready to retire, and then I'll I'll resume my career as a Patriots franchise quarterback. Right? Like, so if the Patriots hypothetically, Jordy, were serious about bringing Brady back, which would immediately bring them back to relevance in the NFL, right? Not getting flexed out if the Patriots and Belichick have Brady back. That would be the story. It would be huge. It would be amazing. It would be great for like fodder and content, right? Holy crap, as a fan, like, oh my gosh, like 
I'm sweating just thinking about it. I'm fanning myself right now, Jordy, <laughs> as we speak. Uh, but what would they do with Mac, right? And would they consider trading Mac Jones? Would they consider trading Mac Jones this offseason anyway if Mac's not happy with Patricia and the way things are going? Doesn't seem like he's happy, especially on the sideline. That viral yeah. video didn't seem happy on the sideline, Jordy. <laughs> would they consider trading him this offseason? What could they get in return? Could they get a first-round pick back for Mac Jones? Now you have Bailey Zappi as your young quarterback you're grooming, and you could go get Jimmy G, who should be cheap now coming off this season-ending injury, or Brady, or May- Baker Mayfield, if you want to do that, or something. You could do something like that in free agency, right? You could. Uh, so trade Mac Jones, is that like a real topic of conversation going into the offseason, you think? I mean, Ron, you you couldn't see Bill Belichick standing outside Tom Brady's window like John Cusack with the uh, with the boom box overhead with I, in your I eyes playing. I could see it. I love it, man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, Mac, I'm 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 a big believer in Mac Jones. I've always I've always been a big believer in Mac Jones, and and I'm still riffing off of that off of his first season, his Pro Bowl season. And he looked incredibly good there. And then there's been moments this season where he's where he's looked good when the offense has looked somewhat competent. But the biggest change has been the play calling. So I'm not I'm not on a trade Mac Jones bandwagon. That's just that's just not something that's just not something that I that I would get behind right now. And I mean, and it's for obvious reasons, you know, the Patriots their their biggest issue has been red red zone scoring and you know, obviously they're tied in last with the Denver Broncos. And and last year under Josh McDaniels, you know, they were they were seventh. So that's obviously a coaching issue. Major you know, you, and yeah, it's a huge drop. And it's just it just kind of speaks to the state of the team right now. And and that would be one of the moments where if you're craft, you know, you you might have to swing a little weight around. I mean, it's just I don't I don't I don't know why you would move on from Mac Jones, but as far as as far as Tom Brady's concerned, yeah, man. As long as Tom Brady's playing and there's a there's a heartbeat left in his in his foot in his football soul, his football body. I mean, the Patriots are all they're obviously always going to be. There's always going to be a chance of him returning there. I mean, it's just even even if it's even if it's the smallest of chances, there's always going to be a chance. And like you said, it would make for a tremendous story, you know, for Brady to come back for for for, for one more run and retire a Patriot where he obviously belongs. And, I, and he's going to retire a Patriot regardless. I feel like at some point. But when you look at the Patriots, I mean. How much have how, how much have they changed since the last time he left when he was out there when he was out there struggling and you know Max Kellerman was giving his his cliff theories and all this stuff but you know and Brady looked like he was falling off of a cliff because he had no receivers obviously and then you look at him now the offensive line is even worse than it was then and I mean the receiving core just they just has it hasn't improved you know Jacoby Myers is still the best guy out there. And and no one and everybody else just kind of shows up on occasion. I mean, it's a mess there. So why would he want to go back there? Belichick is still obviously he hasn't changed. He's still the same coach, still the same guy. You know, he's not even. I mean, we've seen it a second ago, like we were talking about. You know, Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne making those comments, and Belichick just kind of flicking them off to the side. I mean, I don't know if he's doing that, you know, behind closed doors, but he he at least is in public. It's just it just feels like nothing's changed in New England. It just feels like Brady would go to New England, and then they would struggle on offense, but it would just be 2019 all over again. So I can't see him doing that. Um, and when you talk about potential places for Brady to go, I would lean more towards San Francisco. 
because, you know, obviously you see what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's, he went down with a serious injury. The team just doesn't seem to be, you know, they, they still seem a little shaky on Trey Lance right now. They're not sure what he's going to be. So for Tom Brady, if you're not going to go back to New England, it makes sense to go back to, you know, your home state, California. You know, he, he grew up a 49ers fan. He grew up a big Joe Montana fan. So, I mean, for him to have the opportunity to go and play for that football team, like that, that is a pretty good swan song in itself for obviously the greatest, the greatest player that ever lived. Yeah, I agree with you. I think San Francisco would be the best for him. Uh, that team's ready to win it right now. <laughs> he would have fun throwing mm-hmm. to Debo Samuel and, and, hand, and handing it Christian to Christian McCaffrey. McCa- Christian McCaffrey. Like, can you imagine Brady with McCaffrey, the way he likes oh, to use a running back, goodness. and Debo Samuel, and that they, they might have the best defense in football. Uh, yep. Now, D'Amico Ryans might be a head coach next year, but I love D'Amico Ryans and that defense, and they're just, they're just awesome. And yeah, again, Trey Lance does not, I mean, he could benefit from sitting behind Tom Brady. So that, that would make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the Patriot thing, it, it's, it's fun to think about, right? It's just, we don't think it's going to happen. I think the best option for the Patriots is to stick with Mac Jones in 2023. I think that's what's going to happen. So I'm with you, Jordy. I'm not, you know me, I've, I've backed Mac. I haven't thrown Mac under the bus or, or turned <laughs> or, or chanted zappy zappy with the rest of the, the Patriots fans at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> But I can't help but think how Mac feels. He looks frustrated. Uh, yeah. Again, the fan base is chanting zappy, zappy, zappy every time he throws an incomplete pass, it seems. So there's that. And it's just like he's not he's not like passing the eye test like a Justin Fields where we're all salivating over Mac Jones's potential, right? We see it. We've seen it in, in flashes, but it's not like we're all sitting here like, oh, Mac, he's the guy. Uh, yeah. So you, you never know. Something could happen. Mac could want to trade. The Patriots could look into it. Belichick does love to trade quarterbacks, right? He's done it. I don't know if he's ever traded his starter before, but, or, or, I mean, well, he cut Cam Newton, but he traded, well, he traded Matt Castle. He traded Jimmy Garoppolo. He traded Jacoby Brissett. Like this is something Belichick does, right? He, he trades his quarterbacks and he's got, he's got two that he's playing with right now, Zappy and Jones. So like what could happen there? It's, it's a fun little topic, but I do think if Brady came back, Jordy, it would be like the band's getting back together. He would recruit oh, sure. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien would have to come with Tom. Tom would recruit. He he would cut people. He would bring out. He bring guys in. Cut you. You're gone. I'm bringing you in. Hey hey, come play with us. Like he'd be <laughs> recruiting Tom, right? And he would build his offense. And Belichick would have to let that happen. Not a chance, right? <laughs> not a chance. That's happening. There's not a chance. No. Not a chance. But you actually you dropped a stat earlier about the red zone touchdown scoring percentage for the Patriots. Uh, we're just going to bring it back again here coming up next because it is a scary number, kind of tells you everything you need to know. And, and was this loss to the Bills the death of hope for the 2022 season? We have takes on that here coming up next. But first, we're going to set our fantasy lineups with the huddle.com. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with the huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week 14. Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff versus the Minnesota Vikings. The former Ram has thrown multiple touchdowns in three of his last five games and has at least 20 fantasy points in consecutive outings. Back in the week three meeting versus the Vikes, he threw for 277 yards, one touchdown, and a pick. Minnesota has allowed quarterbacks to average 24 fantasy points per game in 2022 as the fourth weakest defense of the position. Even Mike White and Mac Jones have exceeded that mark versus the Vikings in the last two games. With six teams on a bye, Goff is a rock-solid quarterback one. 
Carolina Panthers running back Deontay Foreman at the Seattle Seahawks. Foreman sat out of practice Wednesday with a foot injury, but he's expected to play, according to his head coach. The Panthers have fed Foreman at least 24 carries three times in the last five weeks, but he has scored just once in the last four games. Carolina returns from its bye week with Sam Darnold once again under center to face a Seattle unit that has been trampled by running backs in 2022. So we can consider 80 rushing yards and a touchdown to be a remarkably safe floor. This matchup ranks as the eighth easiest opponent for rushing yards allowed per game since week eight and it's number four in terms of ease of scoring touchdowns on the ground by the position. Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Mack Hollins at Los Angeles Rams. His role has increased of late, but he has just one touchdown grab since week seven and has topped 10 PPR points in half of his appearances over that time frame. The Rams have given up the most receptions per game to the position in the last five weeks, and only three teams have allowed more receiving yards over that span. Hollins makes for a sound option as a flex play in deeper leagues to help cover the enlarged slate of bye teams. New England Patriots tight end Hunter Henry at Arizona Cardinals. The best matchup of the year by a decent margin offers hope for Henry to not be a lineup anchor as he has been most of the year. He posted three catches for 63 yards and a touchdown against the Vikings in week 12, but everything else since week six has been far from memorable. Arizona has granted tight ends the most yards and catches per game since week eight as well as in 2022, and the position has found pay dirt nine times on the year. Six teams on a bye make Henry a much more palatable play. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Uh, Jordy, we've kind of tried to sidestep this Thursday night football loss to the Bills because it was just so brutal. And it was a, it was a long time ago, right? There's not much we could say about this ball game that hasn't already been, already been set. Uh, years ago. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, exactly. It just, it's been said. Uh, so... <laughs> I think the thing that is sticking with me the most that I can't shake off, other than the Patriots getting flexed out and ruining my plans in Vegas, uh, the <laughs> thing I can't shake off from this this loss to the Bills is just the death of hope, right? It's the death of hope. You you wrote in our show notes, kind of, it was like, uh, what, are you ready for the funeral? Patriots funeral this week. And I agree with you. I think this was the end. This is the end. I know they're not mathematically eliminated. They're still, quote unquote, in the hunt. But I think this was the death of hope for me. Because, man, we saw positive strides in that Thanksgiving game against Minnesota, right? And, and I know it wasn't perfect, and the Patriots didn't finish, and a lot of crap happened in that game, and there were self-inflicted wounds and horrible officiating. But at least at the end of it, you said, okay, what well, that was a really BS frustrating loss to the Minnesota Vikings, but at least we looked like an NFL offense, and our yeah. quarterback looked comfortable, and there was some rhythm in the passing game, and we were attacking, and it was like a, a, an actual NFL football team out there. That we could actually, okay, so can we build off this? And then you go backwards at home against the Bills, Jordy. You go backwards. And, you know, the situation with the play calling, the offensive line play, just the coaching in general, Patricia and Joe Judge, blah, blah, blah. We all all know it's been a disaster. And I think this goes along with what you were saying earlier. The offense has kind of shown its true colors in the clutch and late situations. This has been a a hot topic on Boston Sports Radio the last couple weeks. Red zone touchdown scoring percentage. Jordy gave us the number. It's a scary number, 37.5%. So the Patriots are scoring on 37.5% of their red zone opportunities, touchdowns. 
tied for the last in the NFL with Denver, and and that is actually historically bad. Jordy, usually you're around fifty percent. You suck. If you're below fifty percent, <laughs> you're you're bad, bad offensive football team. Thirty-seven and a half percent is almost unheard of. Just shows you how many short field goals they're kicking with uh, Nick Folk. It's just historically awful. You don't want to be tied with Denver's offense in anything, right, Jordy? This year, that offense is freaking horrible, <laughs> and the Patriots are tied with them. Um, so that's not good. Third down uh, conversion. Third down. So just how often do you convert a third down into a first down? Patriots thirty-six point one eight percent ranks you twenty-fifth in the league. Fourth quarter points per game average. So all right. In the fourth quarter, like we just saw Tom Brady do it on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints, right? He scored 14 points in the last, what, three minutes? It's like, all right, yeah. what are you doing in the fourth quarter to win games, to get back in games if you're down, have a chance to win, and win them? Patriots are averaging 4.4 points per game in the fourth quarter, tied for 26th in the league. Uh, and one more, fourth down conversion percentage, if you care about that, 33.33%. So when the Patriots do go for it on fourth down, they're uh, converting – 30th in football, that percentage, 30th. So no matter how you slice it, right, fourth quarter, third or fourth downs, red zone, no matter what clutch or late situation you want to pick, Jordy, the Patriots are firmly in the bottom third of the league offensively. And as Belichick said, we can't really change anything. We have five games left. We're supposed to believe that they can right the ship in the final five games of the season. And, and when this is what they've been and clutch got to have its situations all year long, forget about it. There's no hope, right? We had a glimmer of hope. We were hanging on to it after the Vikings game. But there's no hope now, right? I think you nailed it. It was it was a funeral. It was funeral. It's the death of hope, that loss to the Bills. I mean, that's where we are. I think I think we're dead. I think twenty twenty two is dead. It certainly looks like it certainly looks that way. I mean, and if you were if you were somebody that that's that's holding on to some hope, you know, maybe maybe I don't know if anybody here watches Listen and watch this um, professional wrestling. I was a big Undertaker fan growing up. You know, if you're just kind of holding on to to to, make, to maybe the dead man rising or whatnot, it would be the There's New that, York Jets. That meme, right on Twitter. <laughs> I see that that meme. It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, man. The dead man. He was he was the man back in the days. But yeah, it would it would be the New York Jets right now being being seated at number seven um, to make the NFL playoffs. So you you still have the Jets there right in front of you. Crazy. So and the Jets the Jets they have some tough games coming up. Obviously they have the Vikings coming up here here this week. So they got some games that they could lose. So there's. There's there, there's a glimmer there with the Jets being there. Obviously, the Chargers are behind the Patriots. They're not playing well. So if they lose two, then you know you get more hope. So like my my belief is, I feel like the Patriots. For, I feel like the Patriots need to win at least four out of these last five games, which is <laughs> which is not any easy feat. Which is no. you're, you're you're climbing Everest here. You know, obviously they they they're they're favored and they should beat the Cardinals on the road. And then you go and you play. The Raiders, that's another game the Patriots could win. But then things get incredibly dicey with the Bengals looking like they're they're looking like one of the hottest teams in football here all of a sudden. Yeah. And then obviously you, you got the Dolphins coming to town and then you have to go at Buffalo and that's a game you're probably not going to win. So yeah, I mean it, it's obviously a stretch. It's a stretch there. I mean it's it's not good, man. They they needed to win one of those games against Minnesota and Buffalo, but you know, the Jets are there. And the, the Jets, they, 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 they tend to be good to the Patriots. And this is Christmas, and it'd be nice. Come on, New York. Come on, Gang Green. Give us a Christmas gift, please. Yeah, the Jets, I mean, it, it is interesting. Like, who, who? there aren't a lot of contenders behind the Patriots. Like, you got the Jets at 7-5, and five, which, again, Patriots have an easy tiebreaker over them. That one's easy. Mm-hmm. That one, That's easy math for me. 
to do Jordy the tiebreaker, Pats Jets. Uh, you're only a, so you're a game behind them, a true game behind. If the Jets lose and you win, or or if you finish tied with the Jets, you're ahead of them. And the only other teams you're, that are really behind you in contention are like Chargers, Raiders, maybe the Browns if they can get it going. But Deshaun Watson looked awful. He he's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> yeah, take he him a, gonna take him a few weeks. <laughs> Pittsburgh, yeah. are you kidding me? Pittsburgh, like they're gonna make a run here? No. So it's just like the the conference is really down when you get below the Dolphins. I think uh, so. Yeah, they're mathematically still alive. I just thought I would have liked the math better if, like you said, Jordy, maybe they win that close game at Minnesota like they should have, and then uh-huh. they played the Bills tough. Maybe they lose that game against the Bills, but they play them tough, and now we're 7-5. We're and five. We are in that seven spot in the playoffs, and it's like, okay, we have something going here. We have some momentum here. Uh, but to lose both of those games in the fashion they did, and now, as you said, having to try to get to 10 wins somehow to have a reasonable shot at this, it just feels super unlikely, and... and Let's just talk about this week's game, right? The Pats are going to Arizona on Monday night. They are two-point favorites, which I was surprised. I was like, okay, because we always talk about the spread on the show. And I was like, yeah. oh, what's the spread going to be here? There was line movement originally. Uh, Arizona was, they opened as a three-point home favorite, which is kind of standard. It's now Patriots minus two on Tiffany. So the Patriots are two-point favorites on the typical sports book. I've seen them as one-point favorites at other sports books, but two-point favorites, Jordy. The Cardinals might really be that bad. Now they've they've only got four wins and they're one and six at the, on the season at home, and they're in a race with the Lions for like the worst scoring defensive football. They're giving up twenty six point eight points per game. So I mean, if your offense needs a get right spot, the Cardinals are it. But man, how do you feel about this game? What's just your gut reaction to Pats going to Arizona as two point favorites? Do you trust them? Do you trust them in that spot? I do. I think. I think. I think the Patriots. I mean, I think they got a really good shot on the road here against the Cardinals. The only thing that does give me a little concern, you know, and I've brought it up multiple weeks is just, just the struggles against the running quarterbacks, just those, those mobile quarterbacks. And even as bad as the Cardinals have played, you know, Kyler Murray, he's still a playmaker and you got Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins at receiver. It's just, it's, there's a lot of weapons there and there's some serious concerns there. Um, and, and here's the thing, you know, the, the Patriots defense, they've been fantastic. I mean, and that's that's the most frustrating thing this year. That's a Super Bowl caliber defense. I know I keep I, I probably say that every week and, you know, I'll keep saying it because it's, it's the truth. But that is a Super Bowl caliber defense, even against a team like the Buffalo Bills, as great as they are. I mean, do people realize they held Josh Allen and the Bills to, to only a touchdown in the second half? I mean, what what more? What? What more can you do? You're the defensive unit, and you come up, you come up clutch like that. But you know, even in this game against the Cardinals, the Cardinals, I mean, they could potentially put up points, and that's what worries me. You know, this Patriots offense, they're going to have to finish in the red zone. If you can't do that against this Cardinals defense, then I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you you brought it up there. I mean, they're they're allowing a ton of points per game. I mean, they're allowing around you know twenty six point eight points per game. I mean, it's just it's they're 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 bleeding scores. So at this point, you're going to need, you know, Matt Patricia to open up the play calling a little bit more. Like, stop being so freaking conservative. I mean, it just it looks it looks like they're playing for the field goal. You know, even in the game against the Bills, there was that you know the the drive in the half or whatever, and they're they're just kind of playing for points. It's just it's sad at this point. Yeah, the doink. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, <laughs> The freaking doink by, uh, you know, he doinks the 48-yarder. And Belichick was so pissed to the sideline, Jordy. It was like, well, stop playing for that damn thing. It's so true. Right. I mean, goodness, man. I mean, I guess I guess MVP folk finally came up short. I mean, come on, man. I mean, goodness. It's, it, I guess I guess 
focus to LeBron James and the Patriots right now because he's scoring everything. But I mean, at this point, like, yeah, you you've got to you've got to take some chances. I mean, you got to take some shots. You got to open it up a little bit. It's the same boring plays, you know. You you see you see the little simple handoffs, and then you see the little the little out routes for for six yards. You know, even on plays run, even on plays where they're trying to convert for a first down, like third downs, like you'll see Jacoby Myers going to out route, and he's not even past the first down. Like, like what are you supposed to do? Yep. I mean, goodness, like you've got to push the ball downfield or at least try. And I get you're trying not to turn the ball over. You know, I get you're playing towards, to your defense. But newsflash, this is 2022. We're in, the, we're in the age of offenses right now. You're not going to shut everybody down. People are going to score on you. You know, this Patriots defense is good, but this isn't like a historically great defense. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you, the Patriots offense, you have to score points, and you've got to play to score points. They've got to let Mac push the ball a little bit more. It's a mess right now, but it's a mess that they should be able to rectify here against an even bigger mess in the, in the Arizona Cardinals right here. So the Patriots, they should win this game and keep those playoff hopes, those slim playoff hopes alive here in and the Jets and the Jets should should probably lose to the Vikings. So this might be one of those weeks where you see the Patriots kind of maybe sneak back into the picture. You know, obviously, who's telling? Like, like who knows how long they'll hold it with with you know, <laughs> Cincy and Miami and, and Buffalo coming up down the line. But maybe maybe there's hope this week at least. We'll take what we can get, Jordy. Right? If we can get back into that spot, we can at least do that and we can celebrate that thing. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough spot. Uh, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown. I mean, they concern me. Uh, the Patriots have not done good with these really elite number one wide receiver types like DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what's scary, Jordy, is like, was Kirk Cousins afraid to go to Justin Jefferson? No, right? It was not with Jonathan Jones on him. No, was Josh Allen afraid to go to Stephon Diggs in this game? Like, Belichick was going to take him away? No, that's literally how the Bills attacked the Patriots is they went to Stefan Dix. They they didn't even mess around with Miles Bryant. I th- I thought there was be there would be more Isaiah McKenzie. No, that yeah. would have been my pick to have a big game was Isaiah McKenzie. And they went to it a couple times and a couple third downs to McKenzie against Bryant or whatever the Patriots are doing. Uh but when they had to have it, they went to Stefan Diggs. Uh so that's their that's their guy. So you know Kyler Murray's gonna go to DeAndre Hopkins and can the Patriots contend with that? Can they stop it? I don't know. As good as the defense has been, they have not. I mean, they haven't shown us that yet, right? That they can shut down these elite receivers. So scary. Well, they've been they've been going a lot. You know, they've been going a lot with John Jones on some of these guys. Yeah. They're like yeah. having him man up on some of these guys, which is I don't I don't get that. You yeah. know, it's it's weird. Yeah, it, the guy needs some help. He's undersized in his position, and I mean, I, I would love and you know I'd love to see the Patriots draft a corner pretty high, if, if not an offensive lineman, which is probably higher priority. But just to kind of get John Jones back in that slot area where I consider him an elite playmaker. Oh, don't get me started. We all wanted a corner in the first round or second round or whatever. We were all begging for it. <laughs> They'll check out other plans. Uh, the Cardinals now, I don't think they're good by any means. They've won four games. Again, they're one and six at home. <laughs> they're kind of a laughing stock. Uh, fun. Well, I've been watching the HBO uh, Max, the in-season hard knocks. So maybe we could talk about that a little bit next week or something. I've, I've been trying to catch up with the Cardinals nice. in season hard knocks when I have time. Uh, <laughs> they are, they are just an interesting team, just the way their coaches talk in meetings. And you just think just like, uh, there's no way this is like this. And the Patriots are, or other winning teams, the way they're, the way they go about their business. It's kind of fun to see, but their losses this season. Well, okay. So one loss was to Kansas city in week one. They lost in week three to the Rams, 
back when the Rams were the defending Super Bowl champs, Jordy, and not whatever they are now, right? That was before they <laughs> fell off a cliff. The Rams in week three beat the Cardinals. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Seahawks twice. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to the 49ers. And before the bye week that they just had, they're coming off a bye. Before that bye week, they lost to the Chargers at home by one point. So six of their eight losses to playoff teams. Yeah. I don't think like Cliff Kingsbury is going to come out and coach circles around the Patriots like uh, Kevin O'Connell did over in Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Now, if that happens, I'll be really scared because I think Cliff Kingsbury, I don't don't think much of him right now, Jordy. Uh, I just, I, but it's no shoe in, right? That the Patriots are going to go to Arizona on Monday Night Football as road favorites with the Cardinals coming off a bye and they're going to go, they're going to go win that game. Like it's no shoe in. I, I agree that it's definitely win a bowl. But my gut, if I'm betting on the game, my butt, my uh, my butt, my gut tells me not to trust the Pats in this spot because, uh, but you know the line has moved so significantly that I think if I was betting it, I would I would bet the Patriots because again this line opened Arizona minus three and now it's all the way down the Patriots minus two. That's a lot of movement, right? That's a lot of line movement. Why? Why does that happen? I don't know if I can. I can't put my finger on it. I think if I was betting the game, I would take the Patriots minus two because again, as you mentioned backs against the wall they weren't last week against the bills they really are now you can't lose this one hopefully the patriots have a a better game better offense better plan better everything in this game against arizona and they go win it and can they win it by a field goal yeah i would i would say so so i would pick patriots minus two jordy but i don't feel great about it one unit half a unit something like that i'm not putting multiple units on this game Ron, Ron, your 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 butt might be on the line if we miss this one this week too i'm not editing that that's perfect (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i yeah I, i'm definitely i would I, i'm I'm taking the patriots here um it's just kind of kind of like last week I, I mean i guess i guess i'm kind of preaching to the choir all over again it almost almost feels like this is this is this is groundhog day or whatever i'm, I'm back here again you know i'm i'm, I'm thinking i'm thinking the patriots are going to come out obviously fired up they still have hope you know they still play off hope this is a game you got to win. You have to win. You need Mac Jones and you need the offense to step up. But obviously, it's kind of hard to do that unless Matt Patrician and Bill Belichick they they allow them to. So they're going to have to they're going to have to take the training wheels off for this game and let it fly, baby. Let it fly. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to come out and look like they did against the Vikings, but continue to be aggressive on those third downs in the fourth quarter, which is where it kind of petered out against the Vikings. Right? They have to. They have to keep being aggressive, Jordy. They have to play like their season's on the line. They didn't exactly do yeah. that against Buffalo because, as Mac was saying, we were obsessed with throwing it uh, a couple inches down the field and hoping mm-hmm. and hoping Marcus Jones would run for the uh, touchdown, which is great. What a play by Marcus Jones. Can but, we get more of him, please? Yeah, more please. Marcus Jones. That'd be nice. And in the Arizona, they would probably be the team that, to just like the Bills, not be ready for it. Like, <laughs> now that it's on film. Like, Marcus Jones trots on the field for the Bills, Jordy. And the Bills are like, Oh, 25. All right. Well, yeah, we'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Like, no, no alert, no timeout, no, like, oh, something's coming here. Uh, their electric punt returner who literally walked off and won a game a couple weeks ago against the Jets, right? No, 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 no problem. Marcus Jones, he plays offense all the time. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's, he's a freaking cornerback and a punt returner. So, yeah, the Bills let that card, the Cardinals strike me as a team, Jordy, that would let, they, they did, they, they won't be prepared if there's more Marcus Jones in this game. I would say Marcus Jones, he might be more involved again. I, I would like that too. But can we actually like throw it downfield though? Not not just like behind the line of scrimmage to Marcus Jones and hope that he can run. Like can we can we attack? Can we do that yeah. thing? So yeah, I'm with you, man. Got to be more aggressive. 
Uh, all right, what's going on, Patriots Wire, between now and kickoff? We got a late kick. We're still in the middle of this mini bye week, right? Late kick Monday night. Yeah, I mean, we're just – right now we're just kind of kind of, kind of keeping up with some interviews and everything going on with, with players. You know, they're just kind of still – well, you know you know how it is in New England. These these guys, they've already moved on to Arizona. So, I mean, they've already – they've left the Buffalo game in the past. So, so yeah, man, just, just – Looking forward to the Cardinals and and kind of seeing how the rest of the AFC plays out on 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 Sunday and seeing what chances the Patriots have. You know, uh, hopefully the Jets get a loss here, and you know you'd like to see the Chargers lose because the more those two teams lose, you know the the bigger the bigger margin for error the Patriots have down the road to hopefully sneak in here in the playoffs. But yeah, we'll have you guys some great coverage coming up on on, on the Arizona Cardinals Cardinals game, and and also 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 have some fun stuff coming up looking ahead to the twenty twenty three draft because it's never never too early for that. Well, here I am, Jordy. I'm like, all right. So what if we did? What if the Patriots somehow weaseled their way into the number seven seed? I'm like, all right. Who would oh, they play? Who would they play? Making me excited. The Ravens. Ooh, ooh. They can. They might be able to win that game. Or the Titans. That'd be a pretty good game if one of those teams yeah. are the ones you're playing, right? Uh, it would be. It could also be the Bengals, though, if they win that division, which seems the way it's, the way it's heading. Ravens and Bengals are tied right now, but we could play that game down the road. But yeah, though, for sure. So for Jordy, go check him out on Patriots Wire, please. He and the crew do great work. And if you want to follow Jordy on Twitter, our, our Twitter handles are in the description of the podcast. We appreciate you all. Uh, for Jordy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for sticking with us this week. And we'll be back next week to break down Pat's Cardinals. Looking forward to it. Talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.